Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and right here is my beautiful accomplice, Avila. She's going to be joining us today, and we have Mastiff with a new album called Leave Me the Ashes of the Earth, which was released on September 10th via Entertainment One. Right now, I'm being joined by James, who does the guitars, as I'm told, to share some more information about what is going on. So, James, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, John. Very, very happy to be joining you today. Absolutely. Well, I was super excited because, you know, all this stuff for you guys, this is, is old news. This happened like, you know, 20 years ago. But, <laughs> you know, you even said you guys are writing some new material. So this is going to be a very uh, exciting interview, especially for people who are super excited to hear that Mastiff has got even newer material. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's in the oven and nothing, nothing's ready yet. I mean, it's, it's early days. Uh, but we like to we like to stay on top of our game, and you know we don't want to kind of we we were you know forced to take most of last year out and not really be that productive. So so we're we're just kind of getting back on the horse now and trying to see what we can shake out. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, some more dewormer for anybody who <laughs> who needs it. <laughs> yeah, I mean you got you got to trust the science in that. You do. You really do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cool. The, the, the stupid ones of us are getting these silly vaccines, but the horse do is where it's really at. Yeah, yeah, because we we really missed the boat on that one. <laughs> by the way, today's call is brought to you by Five G. That's why we're able to chat from across the pond. Woo, woo. Okay, James, you're wearing an HM2 shirt. Talk to us about that. Is that showcased anywhere in your guitar work? Is it just a cool shirt? Oh, uh, all of the above. Yeah, I mean this. This specifically, it's actually a, a rotten sound shirt, but um, yeah, oh. I bought. I bought it because I love that band, and because I, 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 well, I will not just the t-shirt. I'll show you if I can get it clearly on the camera. I have a tattoo of an HM2 as well. Oh, that's how. Uh, <laughs> that's how f- firmly I uh, worship at the altar of the, the Swedish chainsaw <laughs> guitar tone. <laughs> That's awesome. Is it? It looked like it was dimed out on your tattoo as well. Oh yeah, maxed out. I mean, you can't you can't really use that pedal at any any other settings. There's no no room for nuance in a at least the original HM2. I've, I, a lot of the modern clones and like the new the new sort of uh, Wazacraft Boss HM2 that they've got, I think, have got a little bit more um, versatility. But yeah, the cla- the classic pedal, it's all or nothing. Yeah, I've considered bringing them onto the show to just go. So you guys are taking a classic that just works the way it does, and <laughs> why? But, why? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I definitely it is. It's part of my uh, my arsenal. I am um, like I, I wouldn't say we sound massive sounds like a traditional sort of quote unquote HM two band because I, I I think just because the two me and Phil the other guitar player we have. We try and sort of have quite disparate guitar sounds. He he goes for a lot more sort of kind of chunky um, uh, tone with his guitar, and and so they kind of balance each other out. I think if we if we're both rocking the HM2 sound, then maybe we'd you know we'd fit into that category a little more. But you know, it's it's nice. I know it's there. I I know that it's it's on the record. I know that I bust it out when we play live, and that's that's enough for me. Uh huh. Okay, so many continued questions on that. Now, I know one of the ways to use it is to blend it in. Is that what you're doing? Are you blending it in at certain points in the song, certain points in like in your overall tone? What are you um, What are you balancing it with? 
like a 5150 um, or rectifier talk to us james oh so so i'm <laughs> despite everything i just said i'm not like typically a gear guy like i, I live and die by my hm2 but i've i've never really been like a like a, a a gearhead i don't like i i'll use whatever works um as long as it switches on and it makes noise then then it's good enough for me um on I, on the on the new record i did use I, we kind of like layered up like three or four different guitar sounds i think i used for, like for like the main the main sort of groundwork of the songs it was a it wasn't it was like an hm2 clone it was like a uh and i think it was an abominable pedals um it was a the collab pedal they did with god city i think um the evil ned mm-hmm. which is like a like a sort of souped up hm2 clone but then we did uh sort of like overdubs of every song with like the live live cab so we could get the full feedback at full volume and that that was that was the the old boss okay there's another one that actually just came into my inboxes in plug-in format uh christian cola Ooh. out of germany I believe partners with somebody to design what he considers to be a better version of the the Boss HM2, uh, more predictable, I guess he calls it. it yeah, there's there's a lot of really great, um, yeah, sort of re- replicas of it on the market now. Um, there's like the Left Hand Wrath and the Tyrant, and a lot, I think I think sort of every um, like pedal boutique. Um, artist has got their own take on the hm2 it's a it's a good time to be into that it is kind of sound i think yeah it is a good time and i just found the email the clareton grindstein for anybody who's curious a company called audiority has just created a plugin for that so if you're a plug-in guitar player or an engineer and you've been looking for the chainsaw sound that's the one that's the one baby that's the one if you if you don't like actual physical boxes in your in front of your feet (laughs) yeah if you're just repulsed by such a midnight creeper and you want endless possibilities (laughs) oh oh, oh, this guy this guy is is working the puns (laughs) now leave me the ashes of the earth what is this record about is there a theme is it a concept? Uh, not really. There's, there's, it's not really a concept record in the sense that there's a kind of a singular through line that runs through it. Um, the, I guess the, the title, I mean, it was our singer, Jim, that came up with the title. And I think he actually discovered in the midst of uh, an interview we did a few days ago that it was actually a quote by the actor Oliver Reed, which I, I just thought he'd plucked it off the top of his head. So I was I was a little dismayed that it was uh, <laughs> it was taken from elsewhere. But, you know being inspired from where you know where you find your inspiration um but we, i don't know so as soon as you brought the title to us it kind of fits it you know i think our interpretation of that phrase is very much that the world every sort of generation um, that passes through the world kind of leaves a slightly worse version of the world for the the ones that follow them and uh and you know we our songs always deal with fairly negative um, aspects of life, a lot of you know, political strife and internal turmoil, and you know, the negative thoughts and that you know, just sort of that muddle with your brain and that make life kind of difficult 
Um, you, no wonder you guys are writing more songs. You'll be busy for the next. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We've got we've got um, endless uh, inspiration there. See, I can do it too. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, as it, uh, so so yeah. It's, there's no single through line through the album, but every song ha- is sort of you know deals with this uh, a different aspect, and parts of it are quite personal to to Jim. Because he, you know, and t- historically he keeps his lyrics quite close to his chest anyway. But um, I think on this album, compared to our last, our last one, um, there's a he's a little bit more sort of looking out rather than looking in. And there's a, a few more songs that are uh, dealing with his his or even some of our own like perspectives on on the, the outside world rather than them being like internal uh, strife. Yeah. Well, anything else would be futile. You just fail. <laughs> oh my god! The, I, lo- I love this. This is like I'm literally watching a dad tell dad jokes about my band. It's uh... <laughs> yeah. You know, well, the funny thing is, after I started a new job when my son was like I don't know two or three years old, and within a week on the job, they said, "Were you always like this, or <laughs> is it because you have a son?" And I said, "You know, I don't know. I guess I have to ask some people." <laughs> But no joke, James, the day I found out that we were uh, pregnant with this young little lady, something in me just went, and all of a sudden, it's it's worse. Yeah. <laughs> some, uh, some... I mean, yeah, I just, I mean, I, I'm not, a, I'm not a parent myself. I just always assumed that like you walk out, you walk out of the, the delivery room and there's like someone standing there with your, your dad card and your, here's the, here's the, here's the manual. Here's this, this is the jokes. These these are the opportunities and the occasions that you tell them, um, you know. These these are your comfortable sneakers that look horrible. Yeah, and that's and that's it. And then you're a dad, and you're just a dad forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just wear a a, a a discount polo shirt and some <laughs> New Balance runners for the rest of your life while you work on yeah developing uh, your beer gut. Yeah, just yeah, nice, no com- comfortable linen shorts. Yes. <laughs> there we go all scalped and salted <laughs> I'm, I'm running out I feel out. like you've all I was going to say you must only have like one or two songs left you'll you'll fit them in I'm sure you will I, yeah. I, I believe in you oh thank you it's the hiss from the other side <laughs> uh, cool well I mean you know, the funny thing is I don't even actually know it's not funny at all um, I was noticed that obviously the album cover is uh, is an urn and, it is, you know, so leave me the ashes of the earth. And so obviously the ashes of the earth are there. And I thought this is probably going to be the deepest conversation I've had all year where you, you guys are going to be talking about, I, I don't know, um, watching the, you know, humanity implode on itself or something. And we're so egregious. We feel that, you know, we're going to be responsible for the ending of the earth, even though we're just another inhabitant on it for X amount of time. Mm. That was deep. Yep. Yeah. Instead, we're we're talking about um, yeah, New Balance sneakers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. I think <laughs> I think the thing that people find um, with us is that we yeah we we're not in person where we don't come across as the the band that makes the music that we do. And I th- but I think it's because every every negative thought, every particle of hatred in our beings just gets funneled straight into the band straight mm-hmm. into the the music and then it sort of 
cleanses us of all of it and we can we can just sort of sit and smile our way through the rest of our lives without too much worry because we've dumped dumped all of the the bad stuff yeah you coughed up your lung rust it's out (laughs) yeah that must be the last one that has to be the last one. it has to be i don't know how i can fit beige sabbath into anything (laughs) I, i i believe in you Thank you. I mean, beige khakis, New Balance shoes, discount polo, and then you're Jewish, yeah. so you have a Sabbath. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. You wear, wear your your beige suit on a Sunday to church. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There we go. Well, you, That's fine. you mentioned, you know, on appearance, uh, something about I don't want to call it mismatched, right? But the way that I look at the artwork, the way I look at the band logo. I'm imagining something different than what comes out of my speakers, like totally different. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Because the way it's written, like Mastiff, immediately I'm thinking something kind of doom sludgy, kind of. And then... Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, when Mastiff started, which is before my tenure began, I think Mastiff's been a band since about 2013 and I joined about three years after that. But certainly when they first started, they were a lot more, not, not like, not sort of doom in the traditional sense, but it was a lot more um, slow, sludgy, kind of like really, really low-end stuff. It's only kind of as time's progressed that we've picked up our feet a little bit more and uh, quickened mm-hmm. the pace of things. and Getting the runners on. Yep. Even now, when I look at the band logo, I'm like, I'm expecting it to be Black Sabbath, but with half power to the turntable. So it's you know, like, you know, a little bit... <laughs> <laughs> yeah which is you know i, I see I, I see that i un- i understand why where you're coming from i mean it's quite I, I don't know i think i suppose in some respects we find it difficult to define ourselves because at this point in time we're we're kind of pulling from so many places um influence wise that we don't really and you know, correct me if you think I'm talking out my backside, but I don't really think we fit into any e- like easy or neat subgenre. And and to be honest, we because of that, like it's it's difficult to you know we've we've had our you know the the logo, especially the the sort of the M with the the, the evil inverted cross on it. We've had that for a little while, but as far as the album art goes, you know we we cu- we couldn't we didn't feel like we could just have like a you know, like a traditional like death metal painting or, you know, just like a grainy black and white picture of a show with a big like bold type font on it. You know, we're we're in too many you know, we have fingers in too many pies. Um so with the with the artwork for the album, we kind of just left it. We um once we'd sort of communicated with our artist, we just gave him the album and said, just like figure it out. You listen to the album interpret it however you see fit and then we'll you know we'll see what happens so like so that the artwork that you know that you see for the album wasn't based on any kind of mandate or brief that we gave it was literally we handed a very talented young man um the music and said make that sound into an image and that's what he brought us and we loved it so that's that's it yeah i don't think you're talking out of your backside james because i can see your face Oh well, <laughs> you think you think it's my face. <laughs> Very good looking backside. If only we could all be so blessed. Um, have, have more yeah. beige sabbaths, yeah. and you'll be blessed. 
Well, you bring up a good point, though, is whenever I chat with, you know, serious musicians who've been at it for a very long time, you know, people who make a career out of it, they tour the world, blah, 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 <laughs> is you start getting into genre and they're like, eh, whatever, the magazines will come up with that. I just write what I want to write and there's that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I understand why, um, especially if you've been around the block a few times, um, I guess you, you, you reach a point where and I'm definitely not saying where at this point, but I, I guess for the people that are kind of legacy artists or that have been, you know, been around a while, you kind of don't need to, you don't need to slot yourself into an easy genre um, classification to sell yourself to people anymore. And I think that's, you know, that's describing a band as a certain genre ultimately is a way of pigeonholing them so that you can say, oh, if you like this kind of music, you will like this band. Mm-hmm. And... And and you know and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that at all and some some bands stick to a style and they run with it and just perfect it and that's that's amazing there's no you know no no shade on on any band that doesn't kind of try and push push their boundaries out because some of the best you know heavy bands in the world just kind of found their their rut and just you know dug into it um, but yeah I just um, with those, I just there isn't any. I couldn't say that any one specific specific aspect of our sound was so at the forefront of what we do that that would define what sort of subgenre we fit into. Sorry, I've got something in my throat. <coughs> Some long rust. Yeah. Oh, oh it's still going. Um, but. I've completely lost my train of thought now. I've uh, I've coughed all of my thoughts Uh-oh. out of my face. It's okay. Um, <laughs> if, you ever, if you ever run out, I'll present you with another question, and then we'll just go from there. Yeah, sure. Um, no, yeah. Um, so we, where was I in my <laughs> my process of thought? So yeah, no one thing. Um, and yeah, I guess. I, yeah, I guess that's why it's difficult for us to, you know, we get we people throw bands around and say that you know compare us to this and that but just looking at people that have heard this new this new album and the reviews and the the, the bands that we've been compared to are just so like all over the place that you know I, I don't know whether it means we're doing something really right or like we're we're really like we need to focus in a little bit because there's really like people said we sound like Napalm Death. People have said we sound like High on Fire. People said we sound like Cave In and like Coalesce. It's like, you know, those are bands that don't sound anything like each other. So I, 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 I take it all as compliments because those are all very good bands. But, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how, how to apply it to us. But then that's, I suppose that's everyone else's job to, yeah. to listen and, and judge it, not ours. We yep. just make the noise. <laughs> I know, quite quite literally. Uh, well, those two bands in general. I mean, let's let's hash this out for a second, James. So, Napalm Death and High on Fire. If I were to try and think about what unifies those two on the Venn diagram, for me, it's that it sounds like it's going to come off the rails at any minute. Yeah, that's very fair. And uh, yeah, I guess that applies to us. I mean, with those guys, it's just I think it's because they're just so like full on with us. It's because we just kind of don't play our instruments very well. <laughs> well, speaking of which, and I mean, I guess it fits to look at the Repulse video 
to take a look at you and your power stance standing over on the left hand side. I notice in all the oh, music yes. videos you're on the left hand side. Is that your side? Uh, mm, yeah, I guess so. I, I, I don't think we ever really established sides. Um, I, it, it's just kind of I, I'm I'm quite easygoing when it comes to that. We usually just sort of show up at, at shows and then Phil Phil decides which side of the stage he 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 likes to look of, and then I'll just go wherever. But uh, I always feel bad because I do. I do move around on, on stage quite a bit, and I always just completely like block our bass player Dan out. I don't think anyone's ever seen him this was hap- before. This was happening in Repulse right now. This screenshot <laughs> yeah. that I'm looking at, two minutes yeah. and twenty six seconds. If you freeze frame it, you are just you have a six foot power stance. Like that's how we judge a safe distance to have a conversation in pandemic era. <laughs> is yeah, we'll get the get the the fill line at Thin Lizzy legs akimbo stance and then uh, and then as long as i can have a person on either side of me and they're a safe distance from each other yeah, yeah. cool so anybody who's still listening in because statistically that's not possible but if anybody is still listening in to the interview and you're in a band comment down below what side of the stage do you like to be on and is it a thing i remember years ago i was in a band where the guitar player and i like we hashed that out early on i was like i want to be on i think it was the left side and he was like perfect i want to be on the right side and we did that for every single show i don't know that it saved any time at any point anywhere <laughs> but i remember that being a thing but but it's but it's just one yeah it's one less decision yeah. for you to make every 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 night and exactly. that's yeah you have to you know especially when you're turning up at venues you've never been to with sound engineers you've never worked with before there's a lot of variables at a live show so having that that one little microscopic decision made for you before you even walk through the door i suppose that's a that's a good thing that's right that is very correct and the one last question i have is just about your guitar because one of the things that we chat about here on the show is dude tell us about your pickups so (laughs) again you remember when i said at the beginning that i'm not not, really a gear guy yeah you're not a gear guy I'm i'm not really a gear guy i genuinely have no idea what pickups are in my guitar um i actually bought that the, the White Jackson that I'm playing in the Repulse video, I bought that from Phil, our other guitar player. And I know that the pickups in it are... He put them in. They're not the stock pickups. Um, but I have no idea what they are. And, wow. uh, and I've, I've, I've completely ruined your question. I'm really sorry. I'm no. genuinely just... I do not... If it sounds fine and it... Then I'm fine with yeah. it. I've, I've, yeah. And, you know, one one day maybe I'll be in a position where I have a bit more uh, choice in what I play and then maybe I'll start paying more attention. But right now I've got a thing that does the thing I need it to do and that's that, That's more than enough for me. Yeah. No, I, I find you, there are two different kinds of guitar players. There's you, James, and then there's me, John. And I'm the guy who will spend five years going, no, it's not perfect yet. And then ch- <laughs> change one little thing and be like, yes, there it is. And then two minutes later... <laughs> No, no. <laughs> I, I spent this summer at one point watching a, a YouTube video where somebody was auditioning like 28 different guitar pickups at like three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> like it's, it's a it's a problem, James. And then I listened to somebody like you and I'm like, can I have that level of bliss? Like, can I just go into the store? Yeah, this, this sweet ignorance of just being like, yeah, that looks cool. Fine. Yeah. Here's money. Uh, yeah. Sounds like a guitar to me. Can we get going? Like, oh, yeah. my, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's not always worked out for me. I've, you know, I've ended up playing guitars that were 
wholly unsuited for the kind of music that I've been trying to play just because I thought the guitar looked cool. But, you know, you just you live and you learn. You yeah. sell the thing that doesn't work and you buy something else. And if that does work, then yay, then we're, we're done. Yeah. We're Actually, done. Uh, I also read an interview with Mick Mars at one point from Motley Crue, and it was, I think, with Guitar World. And he was asked the question about guitar tone or something. And he said, if you notice, all my guitars really don't look that cool outside of, you know, music videos in the 80s. But he said he learned that a lot of times good-looking guitars don't really sound that good. Mm. Uh, so he's just like, I just if it sounds good, I use it. I don't care what it looks like. I'm like, hmm. I mean, that, you know, and that's a, that's a, a great mantra to live by. Um, you know, the, the sound of it should be the most important thing. But you know, he's he's in Motley Crue. It's, he and he's Mick Mars. He's he's not the one that everyone's looking at. Do you know what I mean? So like, <laughs> underrated guitar player. You know. Oh, it's a fantastic guitar, but I saw, I saw Motley Crue on, well, what was supposed to be their final tour when they <laughs> played in London, in London in uh, about six years ago. And I mean, I, I think like, I think the state of Vince Neil's vocals have been very well documented at this point and he was no, no better on that night, but the rest of the band ripped, you know, they, they were, they were awesome. Mick Mars can still really play. Tommy Lee can still shred a kit. Mm-hmm. Nikki Six plays the bass. <laughs> He does. <laughs> he does. He does. Play and, he looks, and, he look, and, he, and he looks cool. Yeah. He probably drinks his green juice. Yeah, I'm sure he does. Yeah. I would be repulsed. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did you, did you have all of this written down beforehand? Be like, I'm going to do this. I'm God, oh, just wait. I'm going to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see how long it takes him to twig. Maybe. I appreciate that. Thank you. I I appreciate commitment to a bad joke, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then it never gets better. But if you just keep running it and just to hammer it into the ground, eventually you push through the wall, and then it is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my uh, apparent skill sets is I can sometimes take it to the point where I act like it's a serious thing in a serious situation. And sometimes people don't get it. And I'm in my mind, I'm being completely ridiculous, but sometimes <laughs> they don't get it. Like I have a straight face and <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, yeah. I, I think we're on the same page with that. It's uh you're, you're too good at deadpan. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. You you, you sell the deadpan too well. And then nobody realizes you're joking. You just think you're an awful person. I know. <laughs> well, as my wife says, maybe you can confer or not, but my concur, not confer, confer would be different. Conquer. Uh, that the funny thing is like my wife loves watching British comedians. And a lot of times I, I, I don't get it. It's going over my head. And she's <laughs> like, how is that possible? You have a British sense of humor. And I'm like, but do I? Cause then I would get the comedians. Uh, so yeah, the whole dry deadpan yeah. thing. I mean, it, I mean, it depends on the comedians. It might just be that she's watching ones that aren't funny. Could be. That's what I said. <laughs> cause uh, yeah. Cause be, be, being British doesn't automatically make you like a, a superior comedy genius. There's it's lots of terrible British comedians. Very out there. true. Not everybody's Mr. Yeah. Bean. <laughs> yeah, not everybody's Mr. Bean. And what a what a wonderful world it would be if we were all Mr. Bean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Just See, how quiet it would be. Nobody talking. I know. I'm trying to remember his name. My wife and I went out on a date when she was pregnant with our first son because he came actually came through on tour cross dressing uh, British comedian Eddie Izzard. Yes. Yeah, he he is a good comedian. He's a very good comedian. So. Uh, it's not Izzard, dear. It's Izzard. James just told me. Oh, okay. <laughs> and James is no, from no, there. Okay. 
So I, I am from there, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not um, pronunciation shaming you. You say it however you want to say it. <laughs> I, I definitely pronounce a lot of words wrong, and have done for many years without realizing until I was told, usually an inopportune moment that really embarrassed me. So, wow, that's a that's a fail. It is. <laughs> I don't know if you saw it or not, but the screen went blank because I'm like, shit, track list, track list, track list. What could I use? <laughs> that's Glorious. A fail. Yeah, that's right. That's a fail. Well, it was all futile from the beginning. Cool. So those who are listening in, you're on Apple Podcasts, statistically, more than likely. Uh, and Spotify, iHeart, uh, TuneIn Radio. You're watching on YouTube. You can see how good-looking James is. Uh, you're watching on the website, the rockmetalpodcast.ca. Either way, down below this episode will be show notes. In those show notes, you can go to the band's website, mastiff-hchc.com. You can connect with them wherever it is you want to connect with them. That's their big hub. Uh, also, as well, there's links to three videos that, as of recording this interview, are available to watch. Repulse, Endless, Midnight Creeper, the album Leave Me the Ashes of the Earth, Available as of September 10th, which as of recording is today, but as of... It is today. Today, <laughs> but as of you listening into this show, that was like, I don't know, some time ago. Um, but it is available via Entertainment One. Is there anything that I missed? Oh, probably. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Who, who knows? We could, we could have talked about a million things. We spent way longer talking about dad jokes and making bad puns on our song titles than i anticipated so there's i'm sure there's all kinds of insightful information about my band that we could have we could have gotten into but you know where's the fun in that there really isn't any fun in that at all i don't think anybody wanted to hear an interview about that no not at all Mm -mm. Uh, i did see you guys are supposedly playing some shows in october is that still a thing yeah I, i the time of uh, this conversation that's still a thing um yeah we're, we've got a, a six-day tour uh with a another uk band called caligram who were a very very cool kind of they used to be i i, I would have once upon a time described them as a black and hardcore band but they're pretty much just a straight up black metal band now but um they're awesome dudes and yeah we're playing six shows with those chaps uh, at the end of october tour ends on halloween so who knows what spooky things we'll get up to at that show Hmm. groovy i was hoping to dress up for halloween this year but i don't think it's going to happen james do you know i mean i mean there's nothing stopping you even if you don't go anywhere you could just sit in the living room yeah sit in the living room dressed as i don't know what 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 are what are cool people dressed as halloween this year like se- sexy vampires is that still a thing is yeah. twilight still a thing i dad yeah. dad yeah. A couple of years ago, I dressed up as a chef and actually this would be a North American thing. I doubt you guys have this overseas, but there is a uh, eponymous brand of canned Italian food called <laughs> Chef Boyardee, as we say it in, <laughs> in English. But I think in Italian it's Boyardee, yeah, as if it I, even I, matters. Yeah, as 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 a. Uh someone who pays a lot of attention to american pop culture i'm i'm, I'm familiar with this brand yes yeah. sweet so people <laughs> would answer the door and go chef boyardee he's gonna make us dinner entirely unintentional <laughs> just a chef just, no 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 
Yeah, just, <laughs> just a, chef. a generic chef. A generic yeah. chef. And then we were planning last year until the world imploded, and then we were going to carry it over into this year, but the world has still imploded. So I guess you'll just have to bring me uh, the ashes. Oh, what shit, what's it called again? Um, <laughs> leave, you'll just have to leave me the ashes of the earth. Yeah. When we're done, no, I'll bring them. To, I'll bring them to you, and then you can leave them yeah. for the next person. Yeah, we were going to dress up as Teen Titans Go. So, any Teen Titans Go fans out there? <laughs> our, our dog oh. was going to be Beast Boy. Our uh, Velo, who we just saw, was going to be Starfire. I was going to be Cyborg. Uh, Gabriel was going to be. Oh, who's he going to be? Robin. Yeah, Robin. Thank you. <laughs> and then yep. my my wife was going to be Raven. <laughs> Yeah. So you you up you open up a world of possibilities for Halloween when you've got a family, don't you? Mm -hmm. Just just so many things you can uh, you can theme theme the children around. Yeah. The other day, actually, somebody was like, "Do you guys do that thing where you dress up?" And I was like, "Yes." I knew exactly where they were going with the question. (laughs) Yes, we do team costumes. Yes, we do. As best as we can. It's cool. It's a cool thing to do with your family. It is precious precious bonding moments that will be cherished for a lifetime it will well i'm done with my tea and that's a sign that my questions are complete so as a recap we chatted about dad jokes hm2 pedals how to dress like a dad uh we also chatted about repulse (laughs) endless midnight creeper all three music videos are available in today's show notes as well as the band's website mastiff-hchc and the album Leave Me the Ashes of the Earth out via E1 on September 10th is available for you to consume. So, James, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Thank you very much, John. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've had a hoot. 